Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane with the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. And today, my guest is the founder of Ironclad, a content company that makes films, series, and original content with the mission of challenging audiences to live a life of purpose and impact. Along with partnering with brands like Under Armour, the Navy SEAL Foundation, Blackhawk, Garmin, and dozens of others, they also produce original series and podcasts like this one where audience, they get to learn insights into the lives of elite performers. Their motto is defending freedom through content, and it's my privilege to welcome founder and CEO Jeremy Carey to the podcast. Jeremy, how we doing, man? Good, man. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. You know, I mean, we've been we've been doing this now for I think almost close to like two years. You know, where we've been working together, and it's been um, a relationship I've truly enjoyed. And you know, I think for our listeners, one of the places I always love to get started is to have, if you would, kind of share. You know, I guess I want to start off by asking about the Ironclad story. How did the company get started? Yeah, well, we got started. You know, it started with just. Uh, kind of just a dream. We, when I first got out, of, even in high school, I was doing action sports videos and skate videos. And, and uh, we did iron on t-shirts to promote it. And the iron on t-shirts started selling like crazy. And it was right when social media started kicking off. And uh, so MySpace started picking up. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm 16 years old. And we're doing these silly skate videos, but yet these people are buying t-shirts. So then we put the money back into netted hats and netted hats started taking off. And it was right around the time where Pharrell started wearing his netted hat and, and next in Pharrell's from Virginia beach. So next thing I know we're blowing up and I'm like, people are buying our, our clothes. They're not watching our video. You know, our video was a VHS, by the way, it was two VCRs play, record, play, record, play, record. And, uh, the video was nothing. It was just the thing that started us doing these these things. So next, I, I, it evolves into a clothing line, and it starts getting picked up in these uh, skate shops all around the area. And I fell in love with just creating, you know, going from creating content to just creating and creating business and doing these things. And uh, that was at a young age. I learned a lot of valuable lessons. Um, and then I went to film school. I came back, and I wanted to do more videos to promote events, skate events, surf events, these types of things. But one thing led to another and I fell back in love with creating content. And at this point, digital media was just coming along and uh, I kind of closed down the business. I'd sold off everything and, and, and started Ironclad. Um, and now we're where we are today. It started with action sports and evolved into outdoor, evolved into tactical, evolved into adventure, travel, all these other things. And now we just have an awesome team of about 15 people and get to travel the world and make great content and, you know, meet guys like you. And, 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 you know, part of the stuff along the way is, is even for me, the, the, the greatest thing for me is being able to really expand our network, expand, expand our minds, our capacities, our network, um, even Brian, who's sitting in on this, I mean, I mean, Brian, I don't want to have to drag you into this, but like, think about how many people you've got to meet indirectly from these things. Like, it's just incredible to be able to have access to these things that we never had before. I mean, just when I started, just when I started having a, a Skype like this wasn't even a technology. It wasn't For even VCR, available. And you're in the VHS industry. When yeah, you got it, exactly. It, I mean, and that was only a few, that wasn't that long ago. 
what's at our fingertips right now is crazy. And mm-hmm. I heard about your name on a podcast. I heard George St. Pierre bring you up and I was literally like, I'm going to call him. I just called you. And then I half asked it for like a year and didn't do anything. And then I called you back and we ended up working together. It's been a year and a half and, or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dive in, we'll dive into some of that work that we've done together. Cause I think it's really important that our listeners get to hear from, you know, different high level performers in different industries, you know, and on the Brian Kane mental performance podcast, we've had, Big East all-time leading scorer in college basketball, Marcus Howard, who's going to be an NBA draft pick. We've had Cortland Sutton, who's an all-pro wide receiver with the Denver Broncos. We've had Megan Henry, who's training to be an Olympic skeleton athlete coming up here in 2021. We've had UFC world champions and Hall of Famers, Rich Franklin and Vitor Belfort. We've had, you know, tie-down calf-roping world champion, Deneen Taylor. We've had one of the top female bowlers on the planet, Missy Parkin. And, and you know, Bobby Witt, who's the second overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft in 2019, an 18-year-old who's handed a $7.5 million signing bonus. So when we look at these elite performers, I don't think it matters if it's male, female, if it's baseball, MMA fighting, if it's corporate world, if it's film development, if it's restaurant or entrepreneurship, there's certain common characteristics that make those people elite that I want to get into. And, you know, I think we'll get there, but, you know, how has what you've seen in Ironclad and your industry, how has it evolved over the years? You kind of just started to go down that path from VHS to doing Zoom calls now, but yeah. how have you seen it evolve, not only from maybe a technology standpoint, but from like a mindset standpoint and how you have to keep up with everything? Yeah, well, I, I think that you see this in any industry. Anyone who's like a really great um, at one thing has to exercise a lot of other disciplines in order to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, once you get to a certain level, an elite level, um, whether it's a filmmaking, athletics, whatever that is, I think that you have to have, we call it like iron sharpens iron, but we also say that, you know, a serration on a blade, you know, and, and every other discipline, you know, this blade right here, you see all those little, little serrations. It's like every time that you learn another discipline or you get that much easier to work with or learn cash flow management or learn how to um, fine tune your creative or, or invest in your team and, and then this team member gets this much better than what you are. And then that team member gets, and you're multiplying these things. I think the evolution has come. Yeah. in technology, it's been insane and you want to utilize that. And it's also come in the way we communicate. Uh, it also has come in just training and, 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 you know, even working with you, uh, with the team, um, pushing ourselves as a team, uh, access to, even the clothing, like like the hats that we're wearing or the shirts that we're wearing, like all of this stuff has evolved and how we can sell it and get it out. So I think it's just a matter of, of maintaining willingness to evolve that that's really helped with everything. But I mean, it's, it's evolved in every single aspect of, of our lives. You know, one of the things I think that's been really fun working with you and with Ironclad has been how even on the shirt that you're wearing right now, right? It's, it's, it's got the ironclad and iron sharpens iron is one of the mottos that you use and other mottos that have, that have really, you know, hit me, I think, and are important for you to dive into iron sharpens iron, defending freedom through content for those built for more. Could you talk about those and kind of break those down for our listeners, maybe starting with iron sharpens iron? Yeah, I think, uh, iron sharpens iron is, is kind of what it means. It means it is like, 
um, the, it, it's derived from this Bible verse. It says, uh, just as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. So, you know, it's our duty to, to push each other and sharpen each other and be assets to one another. And, uh, you know, we want to do that with our content. There's a lot of content out there and it's junk food. And that's not to say we can't make fun stuff, laid back stuff, uh, silly stuff, but we want to, sh- we want to implement that, that mentality in everything we do, whether it's on a production or it's the way we do business or the way that we treat our contractors or, uh, anything that we do, we want to take the opportunities to sharpen someone. So if it is that person that's consuming our content, great. Um, but if it's not, it's the person that we interacted with on set or we traveled beside or, or we interacted with at the airport. And, um, you know, we really want to push that through everything. So our goal in defending freedom through content is not just freedom that you would think, but like freedom of your mind. And, and, and a lot of people are, are bound and chained by their mind and thoughts. They don't even realize what's capable, what they're capable of, what's possible. Um, like I said, the prime example is me reaching out to you or any of these other things. Like you can do anything. It's all right here. You can, you can, if you want to get a hold of the rock, you can get a hold of the rock. Isn't he the most famous guy on the planet right now? If you really wanted to get a hold of him, you could get a hold of him. So like anything you want to do is right at your fingertips. So really we want to, when we say defending freedom, we want to free people up of, of what they're being bound by. And we also want to defend that thought, the freedom of those thoughts and, and, um, and everything that comes along with it. So there is the conventional aspect of it, but there's also the non-conventional definitions of these things that we want to kind of push. You know, you're talking about those built for more. And I think that ties right in with what you're, we're speaking about, which is really growth mindset, which is right. realizing that the only thing we're limited by is the limits of our own thinking and that you really can be, have, and do anything you want with enough time in enough strategy. How do you grow and how do you, how do you promote a growth mindset within the walls of Ironclad and the members of your team? Because I know we've done some really cool, innovative things in terms of growth and development for your team. But what are some of those strategies that our listeners might be able to take and use themselves that you've used to help promote that growth mindset within the walls and the team of Ironclad? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I try to do and I fail every day. Um, but, but I try to do live by example. First and foremost, I, 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 I try to expect big things of myself. I try to expect, uh, I live with the life of discipline and, and, and live it myself, whether it's with um, the way I conduct myself or the way that I, what I expect from myself or my family. And um, then I try to open up those resources. You know, my, my personal goal is to, to learn, live and give, right? And inspire others to live a life of impact. So in order to do that, I have to learn it. Then I have to live it. And then I want to give it away and I want to give it to the team. And I want to give them access to the training, access to the time, access to whatever it may be. And, you know, what we tell everybody is where you want to be here is 100% up to you. Um, where you are at Ironclad is up to you. And, and if you push for it, we will do it. Uh, and it's just a matter of pushing for it and getting in front of it. So we really just want to give opportunity and, and live by example. And that's been the big thing for me. You know, I know you've said that in the past, you know, content is a drug. And I think there's so much content that's out there now. And even with, you know, the the challenging times in our country, like you turn on the news and you go from one channel to the next and you're going to hear completely contradictory information, right? I mean, it's just, we live in a world where content is at your fingertips. There's no shortage of it. There's social media, there's news media, there's print media, there's everything, there's podcasts. And, you know, sometimes it's hard, I think, to filter through like what's science, what's true, what's real. And people often will go and get the drug that they're looking for to validate what it is that they want to hear. 
And, you know, I'm interested to hear that about Ironclad's approach to content and how it's different than some of the toxic things that a lot of modern content is bringing into people's lives. Could you expand on that a little bit about content is a drug and how Ironclad's approach is different? Yeah, I think it's easy to identify uh, drugs and identify, you know, the, the, the number one drug I always do say is content is because it's easy to say like these ones that are on the market, these, these, these prescriptions or, or food or any of these other things where there's an invisible thing and mental wellness. And I think it's just so easy to absorb it. And it's so easy to, it, it's everywhere. I mean, you go to sit at a restaurant, there's 20 screens on the thing. The average person opens up Instagram 35 times a day. I think the average person watches five hours of TV a day, you know, our goal is to make stuff that makes you think or, or that stimulates you in a good way or inspires you or highlights people that are doing great things. And if it doesn't do that, how else do we, do we, do we implement our, our, our mission values or principles inside of our, our content and the creation of our content? So like I said, whether it's on set, how we conduct ourselves and what we do, like if we're talking to even a sound guy. Hey, if we can push the sound guy and inspire that guy to, to continue to pursue things, then we we lived up to our mission. So I don't want to pigeonhole us to not have have like funny content or silly content or or anything like that because we do we we will make that. But we're, what are we going to do with every other opportunity that that gives us? The people that we get to work with, the people that we get to interview, the other influencers, all of those things. It's just our opportunity to continue to impact people and use it as the multivitamin, as we say, as a refreshing thing, as something that's going to inspire you or push you or develop you to go further. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I want our, our, our content to be uh, inspiring if, through our images and through our message, but at the same time, I don't want to be pigeon held to not also recognizing the value in rejuvenation and, and recovery and what, some stuff that you can just sit back and laugh or sit back and kind of chill. I mean, that stuff is valuable. It, there is, there is value to that. I think that when people overconsume it, just like anything else, it can just take, go down a slippery slope. I mean, I find myself, sometimes I'll look on my phone and I'll just scroll. Like if I'm, if I'm going to post something on an ironclad page, I'll post it. And then I'm like, Oh, and I'll tag someone. I'll look at that. And then the next thing I know, I'm like, Oh, what camera is that? And then I'll look at this. And oh, where are they at? And then I go down this slope 30 minutes later, I'm looking at myself yeah. like, what just happened? What just happened? And imagine if you don't have the tools or you're, you're, you're not aware of those things. I mean, I get to see the studies about content and things like that and consumer reports. And like, imagine if you don't know those things. I mean, it's, it's so easy to go down that slippery slope and it just consume you. I mean, it happened to me today, right? And I intentionally follow zero people on Instagram and zero people on Twitter because I know how easy it is to go down that slope. And I also know how valuable time is. And the time I have wants to go into coaching. It wants to go into personal development. It wants to go into training. It doesn't want to go into entertainment, right? We call it the E to E ratio, education to entertainment. And then the D to D ratio, discipline to distraction. And I want to be high education, low entertainment, high discipline, low distraction. And just today I'm sitting there and it was like 15 minutes and I go, what are you doing? And I intentionally safeguard against those things and I still get hooked. So, you know, it's so easy to get hooked, uh, especially when people are turning out tremendous content like you guys are. But that content I look at is it's not as much entertainment as it is education. Like you look and you're doing such great work. And to me, it's education about look at all the beautiful places that are out there. I didn't even know existed. Look at the 
limits that people are pushing themselves to with some of the Navy SEAL work and, and stuff that you've done that I look at that. And to me, that's education around there's more limits out there, you know? And I think the thing that's been really cool with Ironclad is, you know, along with partnering with some really badass and cool brands, you guys have reached out or branched out into more kind of producing original content, similar to this podcast and Ashley Horner's podcast. Why do you want to make that such a focus with Ironclad? I think there's a couple things. One, you, we want to, you know, we've been very fortunate that we kind of put a, there, a, we had, we put forth some effort inside the business to be prepared for times like COVID. Part of it is, you know, long-term business relationships. Uh, we we kind of want to get out of transactional business, right? Um, where it's just project to project, project to project. Nobody enjoys that. Our team doesn't enjoy that. Uh, our, 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 our business as a whole can't thrive inside of that. We want to be able to pursue things that we're passionate about. A lot of people inside of our business is, are passionate about narrative work. So how do we get to narrative work? Uh, we, we start producing our own content, writing our own narrative work. Another part of it is, is how do we perpetually monetize and we don't have to uh, be dependent on transactional work. This is the proper way to get there as well. So there's a lot of different aspects on why we want to do it. We also think that the world needs it. I think that the world needs needs uh, to define more and the, the opportunity and the the um, the market is primed for it. So I think there's a lot of different reasons to point to why we want to do it. But ultimately, it's to pave our own way and not be, you know, you make you make these things or you travel and you go back to back to back travel and you work real hard and you get these awesome things done. But then it, ultimately, it's down to a creative director to say, yeah, cut this, change this, do this. And we, we love satisfying the customer. We love serving. I mean, it is something we love to do. It, but we also want to be able to create how we want to create. And um, this gives us an opportunity to do that. And that's why we kind of want to go into that. You know, and a lot of your team has done some training to develop mental performance techniques, you know, preparing for environments like the sideline, the Super Bowl, if you can kind of talk into that. Why is it important for you that your team gets this mental performance training that they can incorporate into their lives and into their work? Well, I think it's important because I've seen the results myself, right? I think that I've had a personal transformation. There's been a few things that transform my life. I think um, having a family uh, transforms your life. I think having a business where people depend on you transform your life. Personally, my faith transforms my life, but, uh, the tools that I've gotten from, from this, right. From your MVP process and other things transform my life as well. And I wanted it, my team to have that <clears throat> dude. And I, and I, and I know we have some, que- like, I know you have some questions here, but let's just run with it a little bit because the reality of it is we've had these conversations a lot and I think people need to hear these things, you know, because you've had a transformational moment with these practices too. Like, sure. I, I mean, there's some stuff that it, when I realized what was, I'll sit in my sauna at, at my house and listen to the, the, the MVP. I printed it. I, I pulled this out of my journal, but I have it printed. I listen to that, that you do a read of, and these are just simple goals, nothing crazy. I mean, some stuff is a little crazy, but, but most of it's not. Hmm. It's not even fair. It's not even fair, but people have access to that. People have access to, to, to being able to write their things down and schedule it out and make it happen and recenter themselves on it. And I walk out of that thing with that front and center in my mind. And then I see the results and I become addicted to the results. 
Mm-hmm. And then, and then the results happen and it triggers me to want to do it bigger and more and give it away more, give it away more. It's like I said, it's not, it's, it's very easy to become selfishly in, uh, motivated, whether it's through financial success or, or, or physical success or whatever these things are. And, um, but the, the, the act of being able to teach it to others and give it to others. I mean, that is something that can change people's lives and change the world. So, you know, once I started getting a taste of that and I'm thinking we have this microphone, we have this, this opportunity to build content around these things. That's was, that was a big motivating factor for me. But I remember when I wanted to switch and I, this, cause this is a question I have for you. Yeah. Cause I remember when I wanted to switch the way I lived, I remember I met someone and I saw like, I knew what kind of woman I wanted when I first started getting like my act together. I, I, I knew what kind of woman I wanted. I knew, man, I got to be the right kind of dude in order to get with uh, oh, oh, someone like I have for my wife. Right. I knew that like I wanted to be disciplined and I wanted to be sharp and I wanted to be someone that she would desire. And that was a motivational factor for me. And then I started realizing, wow, I can really operate at a higher level. I can be a better person. I can make more of an impact when I do these things. Then I had kids and I'm like, man, I don't want to drink because I can't, I don't want to wake up with a hangover. I want to be present. I want to do these things. Then I, then I have a, a team and I'm like, man, I have a team that depends on me and I want to do these things. But I remember that my biggest motivational factor was finding a woman that I could spend the rest of my life with. I wanted to be the guy that someone would desire um, like that. And part of that was not looking like a slob and taking care of my house and, and keeping a steady work process and doing all these things. What was it that kicked you off? Because you live a unique life. You live a very unique life. Uh, I mean, a lot of it was fear, to be honest with you. I think yeah. fear of fear of letting other people down. Like you talked about, you know, you have a team that you don't want to let down. So you do certain things and avoid certain other things because you don't want to let them down. And I think the fear of like, like knowing when I get done with this, when we finish this interview, I'm going for a 90 minute run because in four weeks I'm doing an Ironman and I am afraid that if I don't finish that, then that's the guy I have to look at in the mirror for the next, you know, however many days until I get to do another one, because I know that I can do it if I stick to the process. And to me, the fear is that like the process gets broken because I get lazy because I don't get disciplined. And then I'm not living what I'm teaching. And I think that's my biggest fear is that you come across as an imposter, that you're not living what it is you're doing. And then genuinely people will smell that they will see that and they won't be into what it is that you're coaching and then you're a fraud. And I see there's so many people that are out there that say one thing, but live another way. It's like the fat doctor or the poor financial planner, right? Like, are you going to work with a mental performance coach who's living it or someone who's giving it to you from a textbook? So for me, it's that fear of, of letting people down, of not being good enough to be able to serve other people and do what I want to do to live the life that I want to live. And you know, I think the other piece is also carrying the torch, right? I mean, we've all had mentors and we've all had people that have invested in us so that we can then take that gift and invest it into others. And for me, you know, Ken Revisa, who was my mentor of sports psychology at Cal State Fullerton, I got his face tattooed on my heart. He was the first guy I called when my wife said yes, when I proposed to her, he was the guy I asked to be the best man at my wedding. And he passed away July 8th, 2018. And there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about him. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't express gratitude for him and for what he taught me so that I can, I can 
use it in my life to get results, use it in my life to live, I think, more simply, more productively, but then also share that with other people. And I've seen the results that those people have gotten. And a lot of the things that we've that you've talked about, like the AM and PM routines, scheduling every minute of your day with a 168, having the MVP goal process where you identify your mission and what you want on your gravestone. You identify the vision and what you want to accomplish in your life. And you identify the core principles that you need to live to give you the best chance to get there. Right. And then we take that and put it into a process of when you're in the sauna and you're hitting your recovery at the end of the day, you're listening to a meditation where I've simply taken what you wrote down for your MVP process and put it with some music in the background. And I'm talking you through visualizing these. It's coming into fruition and who you need to be to accomplish those. And, you know, it's a technique of meditation and visualization that you do on a consistent basis as part of another technique, your PM routine. And that sets you up to get good night's sleep and recovery and sets you up for more consistency in terms of staying after what it is you want to accomplish. And, you know, to me, that's fulfillment in my life is seeing other people accomplish things that they want to accomplish and helping people maybe get to a level that they couldn't get to by themselves. Like to me, that's the aspect of the, the goal of life, right? As they say, like the purpose of life is to find your gifts, but the meaning of life is to give those gifts away. And that's what, what kind of what my purpose is, is to try to give those gifts away to other people so that they can then take those and instill them in their lives and get results that maybe they couldn't get to on their own. And that's why I was so fired up when you were like, Hey, have you thought about doing a podcast? Let's do a Brian Kane ironclad podcast. I'm like, sign me up, man, because I know the quality of the work that you guys do in the quality of what it is that we're doing from a mental performance standpoint, that if this podcast can get that into the hearts and the minds and the lives of other people, then they're going to close that gap from where they are to where they want to be. You know, and I think that's, something that I wanted to come back to you, Jeremy, is what are some of those principles that you use? Like, can you dive a little bit deeper into maybe your AM routine and your PM routine and things that you do from a mental performance standpoint that you feel like keep you sharp and keep you elite? Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, you know, it hinges on my AM and PM routine, no matter how much travel, no matter how long the days are, no matter what's going on, it's, it's hinged on my AM and PM that keep me tight. Right. The other things are great. And, and the other practices that I do are, are, are great. But like that AM, BM is huge for me. So my, my AM is very simple. My, my PM is quite more complex. For me, I'm a night guy. Right. So, uh, you know, at night, if I don't shut down properly, I won't shut down. I won't. Uh, so my head's going to keep going, keep going. I'm going to be thinking about this. Did I do that? Did I do, did I do this? Did I do that? How do I react to this situation? What do I need to prep for tomorrow? Am I ready for this? Am I ready for that? So really mine is about PM, right? My AM is simple and I'll go through that, but, but, but really my PM is huge. You know, I, it goes from simple as the bathroom routine to taking my vitamins, doing a couple push-ups at the end of the day. And then I start my reading. Thomas Jefferson said, uh, that he read that to, uh, read 30 minutes of something moral every night. Um, and, and that's a big deal for me. So I do my, I do my bathroom stuff. I do my, my pushups, do eat, eat my vitamins. Then I sit there, do my way of life. So I'm, so I audit my day. Did I, what did I do that day? Everything. Way of life for us. What is that? How do you use that? So my way of life is, is basically the app is, uh, you, where you have everything, you have everything that you do and you go through it and you see, I have some red on this. It's, it's just Tuesday. So I'll audit again to tomorrow. Or tonight, a checklist, right? It's essentially yes. I'll hold up mine here. It's essentially a success checklist that says, "Here's my intentions for the day." Maybe you yeah. hold yours up there too. Maybe we'll get a way of life sponsorship going. Hey, way of life, 
we are promoting your product, baby, because we think it's tremendous. Because yeah. it's a success checklist that says, here's my intentions. And yep. if I can get myself to execute on my intentions, I'm going to get the results that I want. So maybe you can dive a little bit into how you use this, when you use this, and what benefit it's been for you. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm going to burn through this real quick. So at the end of the day, I, I, I open up my way. Like once I get in the bed, this is the first thing I do in the bed. I go and I audit. Did I send a thoughtful text? Did I journal? Did I wake up with the time I said? Did I do my AM routine, track weight, daily vitamins, daily prayer, calm meditation, success hotline, daily stoic, follow? Um, did I follow my 168? Did I get my kid time in, my sauna time in, my workout, my family projects, my PM routine? Did I read the Bible? Did I get lights out at the time I said I was? Did I do a philosopher's note? And then I do my deficiencies as a leader. Did I, did I fail to give proper recognition? Did I fail to express gratitude? And did I add too much value? And that was a big one. And then I track my date nights every week. So um, I do all of it, right? And I, and I track it all and I see the red. And it also allows me to do something, pick up, like let's say it was the Daily Stoic. If I, uh, after that, I mark, I do the Daily Stoic read and then I read the Bible. Then I'm good to go. Right. So it, after I do my, uh, so my, a, my PM routine is essentially bathroom, lay my clothes out, take the vitamins, do the push-ups, get in bed, do this. And then I'll make a checklist for the day. So any lingering thoughts that are in my head, I'll knock out a checklist for tomorrow. Like anything, if I, it, whatever it is, whether it's something like, Oh, I forgot to send that email or, Oh, I got to get this straight. Any of those things, I dump it out of my brain right there. Then I read the daily stoic. I read the Bible. Then I can close my head. I, I went to neutral. If I don't do all that, I can't. And, and um, I never could before. I just didn't have the tools to really kind of shut it off. So that's, the shut, that's a shutdown routine. And for people listening to this, they might be going, holy cow, that's a lot. That he just ran through that. He does all that at night. But for you, does, at this point, does it seem like a lot or is that that's normal for you? Well, I don't do, I'm auditing all that, right? So, I mean... I'm auditing all those things through way of life, but I guess, you know, the bathroom, the push-ups, the, the lay of the clothes, like all those things, it does seem, it, I could see that it could seem like a lot. It does seem like a lot when I'm exhausted, yeah. but I know the value of it, right? So if, if, if I don't, once again, it's like if you eat garbage, if you eat a bunch of garbage, you know what's going to happen. You know how you're going to feel. So, um, you know, that. Yeah, it does seem like a lot sometimes when I'm really tired or when I don't feel like doing it, but I still do it. I mean, there's times where I don't do it, but I pretty much do it every night. And it's a good shutdown to the day. And I think that's, that's one thing that I hear from, from a lot of my clients is that they have a difficult time shutting down at the end of the day, whether it's Division One college athletic coaches, whether it's high-level functioning entrepreneurs, whether it's professional athletes, they have a difficult time shutting down at the end of the day. And I'll ask them and say, well, tell me about your shutdown routine. And they'll be like, what do you mean? And you just gave it to them. You just gave it to them a shutdown routine. And, you know, for me, it's about an hour before uh, I try to have all my food done. Let's say my go to bedtime is eight o'clock. I try to have all my food down by 6 p.m., two hours before eight. I want to have my blue light blocker glasses on, right? As I whip these bad boys out, I want to have the blue light blocker glasses nice. on one hour before I get the rack so yeah. that I'm not 
keeping myself up and keeping stimulated. I want to try to get in a sauna. I want to do some stretching. I want to hit my PM vitamins, which are literally next to my toothbrush. I have a, a old toolbox case. I got at home Depot, right? It looks, almost looks like a little tackle box and I label where all my vitamins go and I put it next to my toothbrush. So the trigger, if we understand habits, right? Trigger routine, and there's a reward. The trigger is when I brush my teeth, the routine is take my AM vitamins. The reward is I know I'm going to take them the same in the PM. When I brush my teeth at night, that's the trigger to take my PM vitamins. And the reward is I know I'm going to take them. So when you understand about habit creation and habit breaking, that allows you to, I think, be more consistent in what you're doing and shutting down. And just like you, like you said, the PM routine is the most important. I would echo that same thing. But why, why Jeremy, for you, is the PM routine the most important? Well, as I get older, I need more sleep, first off. But um, that's a big one. But also, it just allows me to clear to neutral, clear my head. And, and my head processes better at night, right? I've had the whole day to kind of run through things. I can, I can check lifts off. I can do these things. And then in the morning, I'm not behind the eight ball. I don't like being behind the eight ball. I don't like scrambling mm. in the morning. I like being able to do my simple AM routine and get back in the fight. I don't like, what else do I have to do? What did I do? Auditing things and doing this and doing that. Like, I just don't like doing it. So it, it sets me up for success the next, day, the next day. As simple as laying out my clothes. That's a big deal to me. It, it seems simple, but like it takes no time to do, but I don't like doing it in the morning. I do, you know, I, I, my AM routine is very, very clean. I do the journal. I do the, the clothes. I drink my coffee it's, it's nothing crazy. I call the success hotline. I pray, but I do that on my way in. I do it on my way into work. I only live like a mile from work, but, and I can get all that stuff done. Talk about success hotline and daily stoic. Those are two things that I try to get every client I work with to use those because I've seen so much benefit for them in my life. How, how have you used those and what benefit have you seen from success hotline and the daily stoic? Yeah, I think daily stoic first was like, yeah, I don't know if I feel it. You know, I don't know if I want to read. I hate reading. I'm a terrible reader. I have to read out loud when I read. Um, so I, it's so easy to read it. And, and oftentimes it's very practical advice from, from the great stoic. So I, I really have become a, a, a lover of the daily stoic. And like I said, I do that at night. So it's something I can think about as I, as I close my eyes. I do that prior to Bible. Um, it's always something really cool. It's a good thought-provoking thing, and uh, you can make notes in it. The success hotline has been a game changer for me in general. It's a part of my AIM routine. I call it every single morning. And uh, it's what it, you know, it allows me to kind of hear someone who's enthusiastic in the morning kind of spark things off for the day to come. And I, it's real, uh, I can really apply it. And like I said, hearing it is a big deal for me. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a good reader. I, I do read, but I don't read well. And um, so getting to listen to someone who's enthusiastic in the morning and give these great life lessons. And I, and, and once again, I, you sold me on all the AMPM, this, call this, do this. And, I, and, and it took me a while to kind of get the understanding of it, but there was one message that he did. It was on Easter. It was about this little girl. It was right when I had my daughter and it was about this little girl and she, her brother got in a, in a car accident and if she found out she had to give blood and, um, to him and she gave him blood. And then she asked daddy, when am I, when is, when do I go to heaven or something? Basically she, she gave it selflessly thinking she was going to die. Hearing that, having a little girl, it, 
it spoke to me heavily. And then ever since then, I've just been listening. I've been listening. I've been listening. And uh, it's a game changer for me. It really is success outline. I do it before every production. I do it in the morning before everything. You know, that's one of, one of my favorite stories uh, that you shared from success hotline and Dr. Rob Gilbert. I know that ironclad has, you know, now been producing the, the success hotline podcast, which has been tremendous because yeah. Success Hotline with Dr. Rob Gilbert, who's a professor of sports psychology at Montclair State in New Jersey since January 22nd, 1992. He's been leaving a three-minute message on an answering machine that you just call and listen. And now you're able to take those messages, put them into the Success Hotline podcast where people can hear them anytime, anywhere, and you're bringing that into the, you know, into I don't even know if we're still in the 21st century, but bringing it into today, right? Yeah. Where listen to previous messages and you don't have to call every day. So that's been huge. What have been some of the key principles you think that maybe one or a few of those that you've taken from success hotline? Yeah. I think hearing a guy like Dr. Gilbert talk about, um, you know, his choice to be enthusiastic is big and you don't, he preaches that a lot, but you also see it every day. He chooses that, um, and his passion for teaching is something he talks about, but he also preaches it. And, and you know, it, he also proves that it's a mindset that connects people together. It's not like he is uh, from up north. He's a professor. He's he's even said to me on the phone. He's like he's like I'm not an I'm not entrepreneurial. I like to teach. I, like things that we're we're on two different like passionate when it comes to like really specific things we're we're really passionate about different things in life, like teaching and all these things that he's into. And I like to just go experience things and do, but his mindset and his love for growth and his love for um, sharing that growth and his decisions to live to this standard. I mean, those things are contagious and, and I've gotten, I, I respect them so much and I uh, have just been able to absorb so much from him. And like you said, it kind of is like the person lives it right. And, and he lives it and he really, anybody, it doesn't matter what you do. I think you can get a lot from it. And I, that's what I really like about it. A lot of the content I do absorb when I do is very specific um, it's what, what I choose to absorb is specific. And what he does is, is something that just crosses a lot of platforms, a lot of barriers. And, and I think that anybody can really listen. I listen to it every morning on the drive in with my wife in the car. And, uh, you know, I listen to it if I'm, if I'm not, if I'm on a weekend or something, I'll listen to it with the kids. I just think it's important. I think that it's a, a lot of high level. You can apply it in a lot of different ways. Totally. And, and I think it's something that it's basically three minutes a day of a checkup from the neck up and a, just, just a like warm up for your mindset going into the day. And, you know, some of the things that he's shared is I've been calling since I heard him speak, you know, in March of 2006, I'm a high school athletic director in the state of Vermont. We're at a leadership conference and he comes walking on stage and, 90 minutes later, my hand is cramping from taking so many notes. And I go, that is what I want to do. I want to be that guy. Holy cow. I had never been moved by words like that. I had never seen someone move an audience in a room of 250 high school students like that. And you laughed, you cried, you sang, you danced. I mean, it was a ride like I had never been on before. 
And when he got done, he said, hey, raise a hand if you learned something today. Poof, every hand goes up. Raise a hand if you were inspired today. Poof, every hand goes up. He goes, well, I got news for you. You won't do anything with what you learned today unless you put it into something you do every day. He said, it's got to be small, slow, daily. You've got to not count the days, make the days count. And I want to help you hear success hotline call every day and you'll get three minutes with me. And that day changed my life because it created the, the habit of me calling success hotline. And I've met Dr. Gilbert maybe twice in my life, maybe three times. And the guys had more impact on me than anyone other than, than Dr. Ken Revisa, who I spent two years with every single day. And I think that the, the piece about success hotline, like it's the start that stops most people. Like you're not lacking the ability, you're blocking the ability, you know? And I think the cool perspective that you can bring, Jeremy, is when we talk about not lacking ability, but blocking ability. And part of how we unblock ability is strategy. Some of the things that we've talked about here. You get to work with a lot of elite performers from military special operators and endurance athletes to world champion CrossFit athletes, industry leaders, CEOs. What are some of the things that you've learned from working with those people and any of the commonalities maybe across, whether it's a Gary Vaynerchuk or a Ashley Horner or a Dom Rosso who was a Navy SEAL? What are some of those common characteristics you've seen amongst all these elite performers? Yeah, I think one is, is, is discipline. I think that these everyone is disciplined. They expect a lot of themselves um, and they stick to it even when they don't feel like it. It's, it's once again, it comes down to that not blocking it. Um, and that's a huge one. It, and that was one of the ones I had to learn first was, was the discipline. The other one is just making that decision every day it kind of falls under discipline, but just making the decision whether you feel like it or not to make it happen. And uh, these people are consistent they practice what they preach. And that has been something that I've taken from the most. It's like, it's just, it's just a go get it mentality, but I've also learned tools, right? Like they, I think that these folks have, they implement tools and they're not afraid for that growth mentality. They're not afraid to continue to grow. I think for the longest time, I just kind of said, it is where this is how it is. You know, I, I, it wasn't even that I claimed this is how it is. I just didn't think about growth. I didn't think about continuing to learn and continuing to absorb. And, uh, man, it's, it's seeing people that are constantly, constantly improving their way of life and and constantly expecting more of themselves and constantly growing, growing, not just their knowledge base, but what they do on a daily basis, their empathy, uh, their impact. Those are the things that I've taken from these guys the most. And I think that they practice the most. So whenever you see these folks, that growth mentality, their discipline and their consistency has just been the biggest takeaways that I've had with all of them. You know, and you talked about like growth and maybe not even thinking about growth. I think one of the things that inhibits growth for people is they, as they climb up and they, and they, whether it's really busy entrepreneur or, or all over the country traveling, successful athlete is that, Sometimes they get so busy that they confuse being busy with actually doing business and getting work done. How do you stay like in terms of managing stress? And I know you got a lot of things going on and you get pulled in a lot of directions, but you know, one of the things that a lot of high performers and CEOs learn to do is manage their stress and be able to not get busy, but be able to get business done, right? What are some of the mental performance techniques or things that you do, Jeremy, to help you when stress creeps in? Yeah, I think, um, there's a couple of things. It creeps in all the time, but, uh, 
it's it's keeping consistent and and understanding what my values are so i i think that centering myself on those things and my am pm routine but if i'm super stressed you know i'm lucky i've got a great partner my wife she she helps me talk through it so i'll talk it through with her i'll make a list and then i'll execute based on priorities she'll tell me when i'm being irrational and uh, I have someone that I can trust, you know, so that's a big deal. The other thing is, is getting back to what's valuable, what's important. And that's family. That's the team. It's my faith. So I try to just recenter on whatever those things are. If I'm stressed about work, then I focus on the team. What's the team? How, how is everyone? Is everyone straight? Are we good? Okay, cool. And if it's family, I, or it's house stuff or health or anything else, I think about my family and ultimately look, if you're, if those things you value the most are good, then there's nothing to stress about. It is what it is. So, uh, but really it comes down to, to exercising those practices, understanding your values and what you, what you hold dear. What about meditation? How does that fit for you in terms of maybe helping you from a stress management standpoint? Yeah, it's still something I'm learning. And, and I've, you know, all, I, it's funny cause I was talking about this today. I think the, art of meditation is one of those growth things, right? It's just like, if you suck at running and then you run your first mile and you run two and you run three, I, you see the results of it. So I've been doing the visualization meditation stuff that you, you've given me, which has been awesome. I, I love it. I think that it's a next level. It's a next level kind of thing that can give you uh, focus and, and recentering, um, like I've never had before. So the visualization meditation has been huge. The meditation where it's more um, trying to turn off and learn how to kind of refocus on the, the, the triangle between, I still suck at it. I, I see, I, but I will say it's one of the big things that I've seen that almost every, there's this book called tribe of mentors by Tim Ferriss. Sure, and, yeah. and he like interviews all these different folks on what they do. And, and uh, they all talk about, meditation what's it called transcendent what's the what's the word for the for the meditation yeah everybody talks about it i see like i said i'm still working on the visualization meditation it's been a huge tool once again i used to think a lot of this was mumbo jumbo man sure sure i really did i think a lot of the people listening to this may still think that it's real and and you can't deny results right for me i i I've been really dialing in on that visualization meditation and prayer right and and my my form of meditation is more prayer um, I believe in it. I think it's really powerful tool that I, that I have uh, access to, but, but, you know, whatever it is, it's worth trying, right? Any of these things. Um, and it's very easy to dismiss. It's very easy to dismiss. Even, even this MVP, like if you would have come to me two years ago, and said, you got to type all this stuff up. I'm like, I don't need that. What do I, what do I need? A, a Pinterest board to, 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 to write all this. Like I, I would think, I wouldn't have a growth mindset with it. I wouldn't try. I would just say, yeah, yeah, I don't need that. I'll, I'll, I'll just go with my gut. Sure. But sure. W- that, that book, which got you here, won't get you there. Yeah. That you introduced me to also list the things that are my deficiencies. And I top pull my top three and put them on this thing and I track it every night. But, uh, let's, let's, go, let's go there for a second because, because this is, I think when you talk about the growth process, Okay. You, we, as we, as we work together in a one-on-one coaching capacity, one of the books I recommended that you check out was what got you here. Won't get you there by Marshall Goldsmith. It's about the habits that we have as leaders that allow us to get to a certain level. 
But then if we don't check and, ad- and address those habits, it's going to stunt our growth. It's kind of like the Peter principle, right? You'll rise to the level of your incompetence and you'll, you'll keep getting promoted and keep getting promoted and keep getting promoted until you're promoted to a level where you're no longer competent. And that's what stunts the growth of an organization is that Peter principle or going through and saying, okay, well, I'm successful because I do this. Well, what you, what, what you do, these habits may get you to a certain level, but they might then stunt your growth and keep you from continuing to go. So you went through and identified three behaviors or three habits that you said, these are behaviors that help me get to where I am. But now in my role with ironclad, these are going to stunt the growth of myself and our company. I need to check myself against these and I use my way of life. So would you talk about what those three habits are and then how you work to mitigate and kind of manage those habits within your behavior? Yeah, I think there's, the, so these are the three that, that I identified out of those 20. It was failing to give proper recognition, failure to express gratitude, and adding too much value. So I'll give a practical example of all of them, but, uh, you know, failing to give proper recognition when it's a small team, it, 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 as we grow, it becomes a bigger team. Uh, you know, you just get head down. It's like, yeah, yeah, cool. We've done it as a team. Go, go, go. And that is uh, something as you grow, it's not something that I ever think about. Like, yeah, that's your job. Let's keep going. Like, and that's not how, that's not, people need to hear that. I, I need to recognize people, especially in a team environment, that people are, are achieving great things and doing good things. And it was something that I would just brush past. And I would also do the same thing with gratitude. Like, let's keep moving. It wasn't that I wasn't grateful. It's just that I didn't feel like I needed to, I just never acknowledged the fact that I should even do it. Right. Like, and, and, uh, you need, you know, just exercising gratitude is huge. It's been a huge part of my aim routine and my journaling and everything else, but that's been big. So those two, I would just brush under the rug. And then the, the other one was adding too much value. What got you here? Won't get you there. Right. And adding too much value is me chiming in to, to get these things done when it was a small team and it was build, 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 build. I, I was pull it, part of my hard charge mentality of just let's get it done. This is how we'll do it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Think about this. Yeah. Go here. That was what got us to a certain level. But as you want to build leaders inside the organization, you're either going to hinge, you're going to, you're either going to halt growth by they're going to be de- waiting for you to stomp on their, their idea or be dependent on you. Like, well, wait to see what he says. Cause I don't know. Cause you don't, you're not creating people to create their own ideas. So that was a big one for me. And adding too much value, like I thought I was being an asset, but really I was halting growth or stomping on ideas. And that's, that was the one I wanted to nip in the butt, the heart. The other ones were pretty easy for me to kind of fix, but that one still to this day, I still work on. Um, so adding too much value is a big one, but I can, I see what, why it got us to a certain place, but once you expand and you need to build those leadership uh, positions, you can't do that. So you, even though it's different than the way I would do it, doesn't mean it's the wrong way. In fact, it's probably better. Yeah. It's, you know, and speaking of the book, what got you here, won't get you there. We've mentioned that we've mentioned the daily stoic. You've talked about how you invest with the Bible. What are some of the best books that you've read, Jeremy, that you feel like people listening to this that are looking for that growth to get them to that next level? What would be some of the best books you'd recommend? Yeah. I mean, once again, I'm a terrible reader, right? So I, I like to read, I like to do things that are, that I can read in chunks. So for instance, the daily stoic, it's very easy to read chunks, but tribe of mentors was huge for me. 
that book was easy. It's very easy to suck those things in. You can pick out someone you respect, someone you like, and read their how they do it. It's two two and a half pages a person. Sometimes it's one page a person, but it's it's good. You'll find yourself reading 10, 20 of them at a time. So that one was a big one for me because once again, I can get it in bites. Um, and then the Bible for me, I like New Testament. I like Jesus's teachings. I like hearing uh, his lessons or all that. And when I, since I love storytelling and filmmaking and directing, I mean, he was the ultimate director storyteller. I mean, everything he does is not about this is what you do, how you do. It's all story. It's all parables. So I really enjoy those. I really be. Able, I like to break those down and listen and read those. And you can read them in, in chunks uh, by chapters or chunks. So I'm a big in. I like books with clean, simple chapters, clean, simple chunks. I like that aspect of what got you here won't get you there when they break those things down. Um, I'm a big fan of those types of readings and books. You know, one of the things I think that a lot of people who are hard charging, fast moving builders, creators, entrepreneurs, any people who are successful, a lot of them, they have a hard time at a certain point in their career with time management because they get pulled in so many different ways and being efficient with that time. What does time management look like for you, Jeremy? Like what's your system? What's your style? Yeah, I think really it's, it's about, it's about pre-planning it and then auditing it for me. It's, it's pre-scheduled based on the MVP, based on your goals. Um, and then I do a nightly audit and then every Sunday night I plan my week again. So for me, it's all about getting in front of it. It's just like my, any of my deficiencies, my head is my worst enemy in, in, you know, for instance, I'm on set, I'll convince myself, well, you're not hydrated enough. You're going to go down. Everyone's depending on you. You're going to screw it up. So how can I get ahead of those things? It's the same thing with the schedule. It's like, how can I get ahead of these things that will haunt me, which will be, I'm going to get consumed with random meetings that then won't be an asset to my, my, my team or myself. And uh, so how do I get ahead of those? Block out the time, block out the free think time block out all these things. And I try to get it all done. And, and then I'm not reactionary all the time. I'm planning. And, um, it's when I get in that reactionary spiral is when I, when I become non-productive and then life happens to me. So if I can get in front of it as much as possible, that's the goal. What, what's the future look like for Ironclad? Where are you taking it? Uh, our, I mean, the goal is to continue to build uh, podcast films and series that, um, we can live out our, our mission values and principles through. And like I said, that's not necessarily just the, I don't want to just become chicken soup for the soul of content, right? We want to make entertainment too. We want to entertain. We want to teach. We want to inspire. And like I said, we, but we want to do that through every interaction possible, right? So we want to, we want to create sustainable content that we can perpetually monetize and build long-term health and wealth for our team. And that's the goal. So um, on an outward standpoint, that it means that we're going to create a network of content that you consume and um, get consistent output from us with, with incredible stuff. Um, from an inward perspective, it's taking care of our team, allowing them to pursue their dreams and their passions, letting them be the, the, the writer of their own book. And uh, that's the goal with Ironclad for us. Love it. Jeremy, last question. You know, first, I just want to say thank you for bringing back the Brian Kane Mental Performance Mastery podcast. You know, I know how, as someone who was doing it by myself for so long, it's extremely difficult to record, to edit, to make it look and sound good with all the after effects and production and then post it and all that. And you guys have, 
have been a, a godsend literally for me and for mental performance in the field, because I'm able to sit down and interview people and have conversation like this with high level performers and people who are using the mental performance mastery system. And then once the interview is done, it magically appears in the podcast. You guys take it and make it all happen. And all the behind the work scenes and all, and all the, all the behind the scenes work that goes into that to make that content so good for our listeners has been, has been tremendous. And I just can't thank you and your team enough at Ironclad for making that happen. And it's truly an honor to be able to represent and team with you guys to make that. Jeremy, the, the last question I have for you, if you could remove the skull cap of all the people listening to this interview, this podcast, and you could plant one seed of success, and that seed of success would germinate inside of their head and it would come into fruition and they would take it and they would use it. It would become a part of them. What would that one seed of success be? Whatever you want to do is possible. You live in a, in a time that anything is possible. Access, information, anything is possible. And, and write it down, evolve it. Find someone to keep you accountable and chase it. It is there for the taking, unlike ever before. No matter where you are, what you're doing, you can do anything you want to do. And once you tap into that knowledge, once you really understand that you can do that, you, you, you're, you're unstoppable. You're, you're unstoppable. Um, but it's, it's just a matter of focusing and get it done. It is possible. And if you take the word impossible, and you write it down and you put a apostrophe between the M and the P of impossible, it becomes I'm possible. And that's exactly what you're saying. It's possible with coaching. It's possible with strategy. It's possible with the discipline that it takes to be able to bring the consistency of behavior that you need to be, have, and do anything that you want. Jeremy, can't thank you enough for joining us here. And for our listeners, please be sure to follow Ironclad on Instagram at this is ironclad again on instagram at this is ironclad jeremy thank you for coming on today my friend hey man thanks for everything hey and one more thing yeah let's go practicing the things i suck at gratitude recognition and adding too much value to the gratitude and recognition first thank you for having me second thank you brian behind the scenes yeah let's go. everybody that you, all those things that you just said Brian's the guy making those things happen. So Brian Crouch on our team is the guy setting these things up, getting them out, putting them up, editing them together, making those happen. So uh, big thanks to, to Brian. And I don't, and I try to stay out of his way by not adding too much value on those types of things. I think we should bring Brian on here real quick. Brian, would you come on here for a second and um, tell us a little bit, man, tell us what, what's, what, what's the, process like right when we get done shooting recording this what's the process what are the steps that you go through to get this out to everybody for consumption because i'm i think sometimes people think like it's it's easy and it's magical and it happens but man there's a lot of work that goes into it would you talk a little bit about that post-production process because i don't really technically know what you're doing and i think i would people would love to hear that whole process <laughs> well, it'd probably be more interesting if I actually had a camera, which is kind of uh, you know funny that the video guy doesn't have a camera. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we have multiple angles, you have multiple audio sources, we all take it together, we sync it together. And then, uh, you know, it takes one pass, you go through it, and you, you edit this, and you edit that, you take out the ahs and the ums and the oh crap, there's a, I think you said earlier that the dog brought something into the house that you have to take care of. So you take those out. And then, uh, you know, you, you make it a little bit 
prettier. You know, you put the graphics on, you put the the music under the intro and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice um, when the content you're working on, like, has an impact on, you know, half the time I, I get done with these things and I, you know, I talk to the team at the end of the day and like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta listen to this. Like this, like this guy who did this, did that, like this guy rode across the ocean or like, you know, you know, this guy plays for the Broncos or they, you know, like you should hear what they do. So it it is kind of nice to, uh, you know, I, I get all the info for free, you know, and I guess everybody who can listen to the podcast gets it free too. So. Brian, is there something, let me ask this, is there something that you've heard in a podcast and it doesn't have to be a Brian Kane podcast? Cause I know you're, you're doing this with Ashley Horner and with Dom and, and for the ironclad podcast, is there some things that you've heard maybe an interview where you were or a podcast you were editing where you were like, Oh, I got to try that. And it's something that you're still doing. And now it's a part of your life. Um, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a culmination of things. Cause I, I think it's, you know, talking about, especially a lot of it, you get to see patterns. Like everybody kind of says it a different way, but then you, you, there's this common thread that you always see going through this. It's like, Oh, you know, I do have to get up a little bit earlier. And I started getting up earlier and I feel great because I did it. And I was always like, nah, I'm just the guy who sleeps in, you know, but now I don't like, and I'm actually using the way of life. I've, I've actually told more people about the way of life app and they're like, I'm like, I'm going to tell them this. And they're going to think I'm nuts. And like literally a friend I talk to every day, we, we talk about it every week. We have a, a Wednesday meeting every, every week and we go, what do we do? And it's, I think it's changed her life. So just that one thing that I've been able to pass on. And I also listen to Dr. Rob every day because I put it up his podcast. Um, so I've been listening to the, the way of life every day. So like I'm getting all this stuff in and even if I'm not really, thinking about it because I'm listening to it. It's getting in there. Like Mm -hmm. I I can see myself, you know, going, Oh, well, you should try that out or you try this out. And we're like, well, why do I know that? And then it's like, Oh yeah. Cause I heard it on, you know, Brian King's time. So. That's cool, man. That's cool that you, you're, uh, you're doing that with Dr. Gilbert too, and putting the success hotline together. Like you talk about being accountable, right? You're the one who's bringing it into the world, man. And creating that library of the, this is success hotline podcast with the ironclad content network. That's going to be around forever. And I mean, Dr. Gilbert done 10,480 success hotline messages. Like we need to go in there, see if he's got those on audio cassette tape and get them all up, man, because that is a, hall of fame library of content and knowledge that no one lasts forever, you know? So we want to make sure that we're capturing that. And man, so, so grateful for you guys for doing that. And Brian, all the work you're putting in and Jeremy, just the opportunities that you continue to provide for myself and for your team and just trying to leave the world a better place. than we found it, you know, and I think in closing, I think a goal for all of us is, you know, can we be better and can we leave the world better today than it was yesterday? And can we leave it better and be better tomorrow than we were today? And if we can simply adopt that very simple yet powerful principle, I think uh, everybody will enjoy the progress and the process as they go through it. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah, looking forward to it. Until then, though, until the next one, don't count the days, make the days count. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Mental Performance Podcast on the Ironclad Content Network. If you liked the show, be sure to leave us a rating and a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brian Kane Peak. I'll see you next time.